All right. Well, we're going to start a new study tonight, and I'm going to call it Wisdom on Wednesdays, and it's a, it's a study in the book of Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs is a lot about wisdom, but let's pray to the one, let's pray to the one, the only one that can give us wisdom. Father, we thank you that we can come to church and study your word. God, I thank you for these dear people that are hungry to be fed. Uh, God, as we look at this uh, wonderful book that you've given us on wisdom, God, I pray that you'd uh, help us to understand, speak to our hearts. And God, I pray that you'd guide my words, guide my thoughts. And, and Lord, let us have a blessed time together. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Proverbs, I will tell you, has been a favorite book of mine, especially when I was a young man. Uh, I read a lot of the Proverbs. And I, I think why I like Proverbs so much was because it was so easy to understand. And it had a lot of variety in it. And so I would encourage you uh, I'm already going to tell Nathaniel about it as I've been reading it. Man, you got to go. You got to get the youth group going through Proverbs. Uh, anybody I give a Bible to, I tell them that you know don't start at the beginning because it's not one book; it's 66 books. And so I usually encourage them, like to read in the New Testament. Like I'll say, read John or First John or James. Uh, but I will tell you, I'm going to start telling young people to read Proverbs, okay? Sal, I know I gave you a Bible, buddy, so I'd like you to read Proverbs, and hopefully as I introduce it, you'll, you'll see why it is a, a very good book. So Proverbs is uh, what's called a poetry book. Um, a lot of them were written by Solomon. Remember we went through Ecclesiastes on, on uh, Sunday morning, Many people believe that Solomon wrote Proverbs when he was young. And because it, it's, it, when, he was, when Solomon was younger, he seemed to be praying the right prayers. He seemed to be wanted to be dedicated to help God's people. And we, but we know toward the end of his life, he went astray. And, and that's why the book of Ecclesiastes, he sounds so depressed. Uh, but uh, first off, number one, I'll give five points tonight as we introduce the book. Let's look at the producer of Proverbs, which I just mentioned is Solomon. Proverbs 1 verse 1 says, <clears throat> The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So if you're new at the Bible, uh, David, David was... Solomon's father. Uh, David is known in the scripture as a man after God's own heart. And no doubt, David probably talked to his son Solomon about wisdom and about seeking God. And we know David wrote a lot of the Psalms that we read. Um, but Solomon is the, the writer of Proverbs. And... So this book has royal origin. Royalty is writing it. Kings were known for their wisdom. 
And especially kings in the Old Testament, they were supposed to uh, guide the people with God's wisdom. They were to govern the people with the wisdom of God, the law of God that they had at the time. And so this is what Solomon did. God told Solomon that he could ask God for anything, and Solomon asked for wisdom. And when he asked for wisdom, it pleased God so much because he didn't ask for money, because he didn't ask for power, military power, these type of things. He asked for wisdom to govern the people. The Bible says that God made him the wisest man that ever lived. So he had incredible wisdom. And that's who penned this book. But remember, of course, every book of Scripture, the Holy Spirit moves the pen. So people always say, how can there be no errors in the Bible if it was written by men? Because God moved the pen. God made sure there would be no errors. God made sure there would be no mistakes. <clears throat> now, you hear me talk a lot on Sunday about how we should stick to the gospel. We should stick to the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Paul talked about how when he came to town, that's all he talked about was the gospel and the cross of Christ. Um, but remember, all of Scripture points somehow to the gospel. Even the law in the Old Testament, what does the law do? When I, read, when I read the Old Testament and I read the Old Testament law, that tells me that I'm in trouble because I can't keep the law and I've broken the law of God. So that tells me I need a Savior, right? So that points me to the good news of the gospel. So when we read Proverbs, a, a book about wisdom... We can see as we're reading what pure wisdom is, we're going to look at this and go, wow, I lack wisdom. I've been foolish. And a lot of times as we read in the Proverbs, we're going to see foolish things we do, like some of the foolish things we say. And the Proverbs talks a lot about that. But if I can look at this, this book of wisdom and I can say, hey, wait a minute. Man, I, I need wisdom. I lack wisdom. And then it points me to the gospel. Because the good news of the gospel is what? Jesus Christ. Colossians says, in Jesus Christ are, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, so this is a book. You, you, you think you're gonna, we're going to think about Jesus. We're going to refer to Jesus. Because Jesus is, is wisdom. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. He says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Underline that word Jesse, because Jesse is David's father. So this, this is a thing. They would know that the Messiah would come through the line of David. And that's why David is mentioned here. And a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and it says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. It's talking about Jesus. So Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. And so we seek him. 
And we love the gospel of Jesus. We love that he died for us and saved us. And he puts his spirit in us. And he wants us to grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of the Lord. And one way we do that is by coming to wisdom on Wednesdays and studying the book of Proverbs. So the producer of Proverbs, of course, is King Solomon. Secondly, let's look at, that, at the purpose of Proverbs. What is the purpose of this book? He says, to know wisdom and instruction and to understand the words of insight. And you're going to see here, this is like an explosion of wisdom-like words, instruction, discipline, and all that comes with it. To receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. That's fairness. Um, this describes God. This is the nature of God. God is righteous. God is just. God is fair. And so we as His people, we, we want to be like Him. And we want to bring these things about in our life. To give prudence to the simple and knowledge and discretion to the youth. Prudence is a word making wise decisions. It's a word that means you're, you're under control. You're not reckless. You're calm in making decisions. You're cautious. You're cautious. That's what it means. And that's what the, the wisdom of Proverbs wants to make us cautious when we make decisions uh, let the wise hear and increase in their learning and the one who understands obtain guidance I like that let the wise hear and increase in their learning so if you're here if you're here to learn about God you're wise but the Bible says now increase increase in that wisdom don't ever think that you're too smart or that you know it all and th this is going to be a, a great point here in the book of proverbs that we need to have humility we need to be teachable we need to listen to instruction we need to listen to advice yes it's telling young people to do this but no matter how old we get we should stay humble and we should continue to learn and, be, and, and, and seek wisdom. And the one who understands, obtain guidance. So there's, there's that word guidance. Uh, we need guidance from God. God wants to give us guidance. You know, there's, there's one guarantee. You know, when we pray, especially like we pray for healing, there's no guarantee we're going to be physically healed because that might not be God's will. But there's one guarantee that the Scripture says, and James says, if you ask for wisdom, you will get it. God will give you wisdom. So if you, if you are got some big decisions to make in your life and you don't know which way to turn, get on your knees and pray. Say, God, give me guidance. And open the book of Proverbs. And just read through it. And God will speak to you. God will give you guidance. And it says to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise 
and their riddles. <clears throat> so God, God wants us to understand these things. He wants us to understand these sayings so we can apply them to our life. Remember, wisdom isn't just knowledge. Wisdom is, is being able to apply knowledge. Because even Solomon, Solomon who wrote this, this book, Solomon who God made him the wisest person that ever lived at the end of his life, what did he do? He did foolish things. So he wasn't applying all the wisdom that God gave him. How sad. So it's not just gaining knowledge, it's applying the knowledge that God gives us. So wisdom comes in many colors. We'll see that throughout there. Wisdom is, is, we could call it, it's skillful in living. Skillful in living. Um, I want to show you this verse. Exodus 36.1. Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Now the reason why I want to show you that verse, that verse is in the book of Exodus when they're, they're about to build the tabernacle. And God says, I want you to get these two guys and I want, them, I want you to put them to work in the construction of this. Why? Because God says, I have made them skillful. I have given them intelligence. And these are construction workers working for God. So I wanted to throw that out there to you. Obviously, obviously my gift is teaching the Scripture. I basically don't have any other gifts. I don't have any other skills. Okay, But we have people in our church that are skilled in different areas of life. Now, of course, skills, physical skills, and intelligence that God gives us in certain matters. It's different than spiritual gifts. Every, every Christian has spiritual gifts. And you, you might not know what they are until you start to serve and God brings out what your gift is. But we all have spiritual gifts, but, not, but, but there's also uh, different skills that God has given us. We have very wise men in our church, very wise women in our church, that help in so many areas. I, I was going to start naming names, but if I do that, then I'm going to leave somebody out. But we have, you know, we have people uh, dealing with uh, the cultural center and, and the, the county commissioners. We have men looking into property for our church. Uh, we have men looking over our money that are, that are skilled in, in finances. Um, we just we have people organizing things. Uh, we have women, wise women together, planning things, and and wanting to do what's best for the church. And so these all these men and women are skilled with wisdom. And I love what we have at Freedom, because in our in our eldership and in our our administrative meetings with with our deacons and deaconesses. There's just such a spirit of cooperation. There's just a, I just love it. It's like you can't, you can't force that. 
but it's just people that love God and love their church and are filled with the Spirit. And nobody bosses anybody around and people give their ideas and give their wisdom and, and we work together. <clears throat> and it's a beautiful thing. And we want more and more people involved in that. And, and so we want to get all of you somehow. Uh, we, want, we, want to, we, we want you to, God, to use the wisdom He's given you somehow to serve in the church, to do something to influence others, to help others. Um, You've seen our children's program. Our children are going to sing again on Sunday, uh, right after the baby dedication. So it's just, it's just, we got these wise women now that have taken over this children's program, and it is just amazing what God is doing and the the excitement that's in our kids. And so this is what God does. God works in His people, and He gives us wisdom and we can increase in this wisdom we we can bring our wisdom and offer it to god in worship so wisdom it's such a a beautiful thing and we're going to see that like i said this wisdom has many colors and and there's so many different things that we're going to learn about uh just simple stuff simple stuff like like, let me, let me read you a proverb in Proverbs 26. I like this. Now, it sounds like a contradiction because you got two verses together. And watch what it says. It says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will, just, will be just like him. In other words, you got some fool arguing with you, and if you argue back to that fool, you're going to be just like him. And we get caught up in these foolish arguments, don't we? And then, and then verse 5 says, Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Oh, which is it? Are we not supposed to answer the fool that comes after us? Or it says, are we supposed to answer the fool so we can help him with his foolishness? Both are true. There are times, I'm going to tell you, there are times in my life when I wish I did not, I kept my mouth shut and did not say anything to that person that I had to say what I wanted to say to him. There are many other times in my life I wish I would have said something. I wish I would have said something. And there's the thing, there's the balance. The Holy Spirit and the wisdom of God helps us to learn when we should keep our mouth shut and not answer a fool, but it also helps us know when we should say something, seasoned with salt, of course, the gospel, God's wisdom. So that, that's pretty cool. That's what the, that's what the book of Proverbs is going to do. It's just, it just it's going to give us wisdom in many, many ways. Uh, I'm not going to... Like Sunday morning, you know, I go verse by verse and like dissect, uh, you know, we take a paragraph and do a whole sermon on it. I'm probably going to do a lot more reading of Proverbs because it does explain itself. Um, But Paul said, Paul told Timothy, be devoted to the public reading of Scripture. And so that's why we go verse by verse in this church and that's why we, we put the Scriptures down for you so you can read them. Um. Third point, third point. What is the point of Proverbs? 
Here's the main point. Here's the foundation of it. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. All through the book, Solomon is contrasting the wise person and the foolish person. But what he's saying is, the wisdom that Solomon is talking about, godly wisdom, it does not begin until we fear the Lord. And I think that fear means to respect the Lord, to humble ourselves before the Lord, to want to be submissive to the Lord. Okay? Um, obviously, when we look at Scripture, God, God is the scariest person in the universe, but God is also the most loving person in the universe. Both of those are true. And the good news is, because of the gospel, because of God's love, for God so loved the world, because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to fear God in the sense of being punished by Him. We don't have to run from Him because of His wrath, like many evil people in the world do. They run from God. They don't want anything to do with God. They don't want to be exposed. They love their darkness. So they, they run from the light, right? But the good news about those of us that fear the Lord and come to God through Jesus Christ, we can run to God. We can run to God and not be afraid of Him because He says, come to me. And, you know, I can't get enough of it. I love, I love when Jesus died on the cross and the curtain veil was torn in two from top to bottom. There was an earthquake, you know. And the science of it is that curtain should have ripped from the bottom, but it ripped from the top because God ripped it. God ripped it. Why did He rip that curtain in two? Because behind that curtain was the holies of holies that, that the high priest could go once a year. That's it, all by himself. There are stories that they used to tie ropes on his feet because in case he got struck dead, no one else was allowed back there. And one time, once a year, he would go there and offer the blood of atonement for the sins of the people. And all in the Old Testament, God was saying, I'm holy, don't, don't mess with me. You, stay, you sinners stay out, right? You, you need to obey the law, right? And we give the law, we can't obey it. But then when Jesus died on the cross, what was God saying? Come on in. Don't be afraid. It is finished. He took our sins away. And that's why Hebrews says, we can approach the throne of God with grace. You can, any, every, any Christian can go right to the throne of God. I know a lot of people, they ask me to pray for them. They, they think I got some kind of hotline, you know, straight to God. And I got the same hotline you got. And it's just simply, God help me, right? But all of us, all of us have access to God. But the fear of the Lord, humbling yourself before the Lord, that's the beginning of knowledge. That's the beginning of wisdom. And then the fourth point. Look at the fourth point is, notice the persuasion of Proverbs. Um... So, here's some poetic language for you. I love this. But it's persuading the young person to get wisdom. 
verse 8 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. So he says, the Bible, God, God says, honor your father and mother. Ephesians says, children, obey your parents. God wants us to develop godly children that are submissive to their parents, that are obedient to their parents. And obviously, God, God wants us to be good parents so our children can listen to Him. It says, so they will be like a graceful guard. It'll be like a necklace or a hat you wear. You know, people wear hats, right? People wear hats with their favorite football team. Sometimes they wear hats that tell you what they think about politics, right? Some people wear uh, necklaces around their neck to show what they believe in. Christians wear crosses and things like that. Solomon says to young people, get you a hat that says mom and dad on it. Get you a necklace that says I love mom and I love dad and I want to listen to mom and dad. Because the idea is it's, it's going to protect you. They love you. They care for you. Verse 10, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, Sheol is the grave. Let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us and we will have one purse. It's like, it's like son, whatever you do, don't get involved with a gang. Don't get involved with a gang that says they're going to make money. That, that it's an easy way to make money. Why? It says, verse 15, My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. So we know this in life. We know this. We teach our kids this. You know, don't get around the wrong crowd. Don't look for the easy way to make money, the illegal way to make money. We know this. Our parents teach us this. But why? Why do we fall into it? And it's like we don't love the wisdom of our parents. We don't love the wisdom uh, of, our, of the leaders in our life, our coaches, our teachers, our, our pastors. And so this is why, man, I wanna, we got to get our young people reading Proverbs to, to, to ingrain wisdom in that, not to follow the wrong crowd because what's going to happen? It's going to destroy their life. <laughs> Where does every gang member end up? Right? Prison. Dead. Jesus said, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. So all these poor young people who fall into this and feel like they're invincible, it ends up destroying their lives. Many times they don't have parents to love them and teach them. They, didn't have, they weren't brought up in a good church, so we feel bad for these people. We want to help these people. 
We want to rescue these people. But this is a cry. This is the persuasion of Proverbs. Persuading young people. Don't get around the wrong crowd. Don't, don't. It reminds me of Psalm 1, you know. Blessed is the man that does not walk with sinners or stand with sinners and, or, and sit with the scoffers, but he delights in the law of the Lord. And on this law, he meditates day and night. And he's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. So David's, you know, the psalmist says it, and Solomon says it, young people and old people as well, don't get around the wrong people. Don't stand with the sinners. Don't be with the scoffers. Meditate on God's word. <laughs> Don't join a gang. Join a church. And, and be a part of that church. And grow in the wisdom of God. And then number five. Number five and fifth final, final point is the proposal of Proverbs. There's a lot of verses here. The, I call this the proposal, which means it's the invitation. Wisdom is literally inviting us to come. And it says this, verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. Wow, wisdom, wisdom is seen as a female there. Ladies, that's, that's good. That's a compliment to you females, right? Uh, and it's, it's saying wisdom, wisdom's there. It's all over the place. There, there are churches everywhere. There are Bibles in every bookstore. You can have it. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, Will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? So wisdom is like, why? How long are you going to keep living this way? How long are you going to keep living this foolish way of life when wisdom is calling out to us? <clears throat> and by the way, I wanted to say this too. Because that, that might confuse people. Well, I thought wisdom was Jesus Christ, and now it's a she. Uh, it's poetic language. It's, it's poetic language. In the book, um, it's a wise woman calling for the fool to come and be wise because we're also going to see the foolish woman that Solomon warns his son or young people not to go to. And so it's just, it's just poetry. Verse 23 says, If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Reproof, correction. If you want my correction, I'll help you. I'll correct your life. I, I will make things right. I'll help fix your mess. I'll give you wisdom to deal with it. Verse 24, because I have called and you've refused, because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my re reproof. It says, I will also laugh at your calamity. 
I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will, diligent, they will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Spiritual poetry doesn't mean that if you seek God's wisdom, nothing bad's ever going to happen in your life. That's not what it's saying. But wisdom can help you deal with the problems of your life. But it's, it's a poetic way of saying, and that's why I think this is good to teach young people, that you know, God is saying the day is going to come. If you don't listen to God's wisdom, the day is going to come when it's too late. You won't be able to undo the damage that's done. It's not, it's not again, it's poetry. It's, it's not saying that, that God won't forgive somebody. It's not saying that God, that if a person ruins their life foolishly, that they can't call out to God and God won't help them. God will just, God will just laugh at them. It's just poetic language of saying that wisdom is, wisdom is it, God has given you the, chance, the choice. If you have wisdom, and you seek wisdom, in it's just a general sense, your life is going to be better. You, you, you're not, your life is not going to be ruined. You're not going to be like the fool that ruins their life. You're not going to be like the guy we talked about last week, uh, the foolish man who builds his house in the sand. You're going to build your life on the rock. But, it, it, but it's just saying, you know, I do think there's, there are times, you know, it's like Pharaoh, uh, Moses comes to Pharaoh, let my people go. And the scripture says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. He wouldn't listen to the word of God. He wouldn't listen to the wisdom of God. He saw the miracles of God, but his heart was hard. But as you read the end of that story, as you get to the end, it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. What happened? Pharaoh rejected God's invitation, God's offer to obey, God's offer of wisdom, however you want to call it. He kept rejecting it, and it got to the place of no return. So I do think there's a time in life for people when they reject God so much that, that that's it. There's no more chances. They, they get to the point of no return. I don't know, know when that is. Only God knows, so I don't try to give up on anybody. But it's a scary thing that that can happen. So, so moral of the story is this. Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Seek the wisdom of Jesus Christ. Seek the wisdom of the Word of God. Young people, if you're in here, seek the wisdom of God. Don't, don't, let, the, don't let the world suck you in. Don't let the voices of the world call you away from what your parents have tried to tell you, what your pastor is trying to tell you. 
Seek wisdom. Seek it. Um, we're going to see, he talks about searching for wisdom like it's treasure. And I mean, we've got the wisdom, you know, we've got the wisdom of God right here. But I don't know, we just don't see it that way, do we? You would think we would want more of it. You think there'd be more people here on Wednesday just so hungry to just search and to, and to gain wisdom. But I don't know what it is. There's just something about our, our sinful nature, our selfishness that keeps us away from the most precious thing that God has given us that reveals to us the most precious person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me tonight. I just, I just heard I got dinged. I think that's, I'm supposed to close. Whenever I hear the ding. So let's close this up tonight. You know, maybe, maybe on Sunday, whoever you're sitting by on Sunday, tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, why don't, you, why don't you come sit by me on Wednesday night? We're studying the book of Proverbs. It's going to be really good. Bring somebody with you. Bring somebody with you, okay? And in the quietness of this time, let's just pray to the Lord. And maybe you need wisdom in a certain situation something that's really giving you a stomachache. I've been there in times in my life when I had a stomachache, didn't know what to do about something. But I know that if we ask God, He'll give us wisdom. He'll give us wisdom. So ask God for wisdom if you need it. He promises to give it to you. Uh, I would encourage you, to maybe since we're going to be studying the book of Proverbs, read ahead. Read Proverbs. When I was younger, I used to put the Bible by my bed, and I'd step out of bed, there was my Bible in the morning. You know, and you could read one chapter of Proverbs, there's, there's one for each day of the month, 31 chapters, all wisdom, guaranteed wisdom from God that can heal your mind. And man, when it gets into your soul, it'll just, it'll just transform your life. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for the privilege of opening your scriptures. God, give us a craving for it. Give us a desire, God, to seek it. Help us to realize how important wisdom is in our life. Help that to be the most, the thing we pursue the most, Lord Jesus. God, we want to take up our cross and follow you. We want to die to ourselves. We want to die to foolishness. We don't want to listen to the, to the voices of this foolish world, God. We want your wisdom. Help us to learn these things, God. Calm us. Quiet us. Uh, use our voices, God. Help our minds to think good thoughts. And we thank you, God, for this precious gift of grace in your Son and the wisdom that comes with it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Read your Proverbs, okay? If you have any questions, come and see me, email me, and I'd be glad to answer any Bible questions you have and help you grow in your walk with the Lord.